welcome, guys, everybody. I do have somebody very special with us here today on podcast in the studio. Uh, our, our chairman of the board, Ron Wilkinson. Ron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mr. Chief Servant Officer. Appreciate it. <laughs> Ron, is this your this is your first time in the new studio? Was that was that correct? That's correct. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Ain't that amazing technology? Well, I've I've asked Ron to come and sit with us to talk about uh, digital Nehemiah Week 2020 highlights, um, and we we and, and uh, as the board chair, you know, he's him and I meet almost every other week, um, if not at least once a month, just to go over the ministry direction. He's kind of like my coach, if you will. I meet with him. He he he's a great listener, asks great questions, and. We were we just had a coach certification training today with our with our coaches and we we're talking about the power of questioning and, and listening and so forth and so on. And Ron, you do that very well for me. So if you want to know who who is that person that uh guides uh me and, and keeps me straight, that's the man right there. Mm-hmm. And so uh so we meet uh every um every you know kind of almost every other week and about for an hour. Okay. We used to it used to be over food, but now it's uh it's over Zoom. <laughs> what I love about the food saving is saving money that way. He normally would pay for it. So I look forward, Ron, to going back to to eating uh some of the nice places that you used to take me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but Ron, so I wanted us to talk about we just had an amazing Nehemiah week. And we're looking now at going to the end of the year. First, Ron, you, you are a businessman yourself, an entrepreneur. I want to first talk to about you and what you do. Uh, so tell our audience about what does Ron Wilkinson do other than chair the Nehemiah Board of Directors? Well, my my RJ, or my real job, if you will, or career or avocation, actually more is more accurate, is that I have a life wealth planning firm with two partners, and we manage people's money and help people um, do the best they can, be the best stewards they can with what God's given them. Wow. Amen. So I understand I talked with um, Vanessa. She said she was meeting with you sometime this week. So next week. Next week. So you, you're kind of people like Vanessa and other businesses, individuals, pretty much folks with extra change, right? Well, it's it's more than that. It's people that um, just have questions about, you know, what's the proper way to go? What's the right way to think about things? Um, we are given so much information over the, the media these days. It's hard to tell what's uh, real and actionable and what things we need to really bring into our, our wheelhouse in terms of dealing with our finances. Um, most people uh, think high level and don't get down into the uh, the detail that they need to when it comes to planning. Uh, taxes need to be taken into consideration, insurances, estate planning. It all gets to be pretty complicated, and my job is to be make it simple or make wow. it more simple and to, uh, to just bring a, a different viewpoint. We talk about being thinking partners mm-hmm. uh, with our different clients, just like I work with you. You know, when we work together, we talk through things. We I don't try to dictate to you. Um, well, one time I said, just do it. But uh, but for the most part, it's, okay, what are the pros and cons? And which way should we look? You know, what, what tools should we bring to bear uh, in order to make it work? And if you think in terms of not just the U.S., but international, there's always a need uh, for somebody that has uh, some uh, a different outside viewpoint than your own. Um, there's wisdom in the count in, in the you know the council of many counselors. Um, you need wise counselors, you, and you need to find and seek those people out. Wow, awesome! So um, I always love entrepreneur story, and and since uh, you're an entrepreneur yourself, Ron, how'd you get into business? Oh my, probably not your traditional way. Um, Literally, a friend of mine fell down, broke his back. He was a plumber and uh, of skiing and uh, had to find something else to do with his life. Introduced me to a way to um, help people and make money. 
and that was in the financial services industry. Um, I've always uh, enjoyed that. I was uh, working for a company called Freightliner Corporation, a Daimler company, and uh, in facility engineering uh, as a maintenance mechanic and in the engineering department there, maintenance department. And went back to school when things got slow there and got my certifications and licensing and um, designations. And it was a challenge. It was three years of rice and beans. There's no question about it. You know, people need to know that being an entrepreneur, starting out on your own, building your own clientele takes time and you need to um, you need to work it. You need to treat it like a real business. I know a lot of people that will start out with an idea and uh, they're really good at maybe what they do, but they're not good at business. You need to learn the business side of it as well. So that's how I got started. And after getting my certifications, uh, moved on to um, getting even more certifications, but more training. Uh, the career I'm in requires 30 hours of continuing ed every two years. And so you're, you, you commit to being a lifelong learner. Um, and as I built that and partnered with another gentleman named Ken, uh, we built a practice that uh, using seminars and, and teaching people the basics of investing and in financial planning. I did that through the 90s. Um, and then in 94, started going a different direction in terms of how I was uh, compensated to fee only. Again, another challenge, another way when you, you need to reinvent yourself sometimes in your business and uh, you seek out the people that have done it before, number one. Number two, how to, how to place yourself in a position to succeed, not get sucked under. Um, by that, I just mean getting the proper tools. Um, you know, the, in, in our case now, I mean, with the things that have changed so much, what are the proper tools today? They're certainly different than they were in the 2000s. Um, early 2000s or even last decade, this last decade, you know, video conferencing, Instagram, social media, um, how are we marketing? How are we keeping the funnel full at the top? And the way we do it mostly at this point, because I've been around for a few years, 38 doing this, um, it's word of mouth. But you still need to, um, you still need to really, uh, you know, nurture that as well and and help people understand that you are available uh, to talk to friends and neighbors for second opinions you know those kinds of things so a long answer to say how I got in business was was because the interest was to help people and make money so it goes back to serving people and, and serving them I, I really like how um, our fellow uh, board member Tom Mears put that to serve with love Wow. Wow. I, I, I just love that story. And do, do you remember when you, when you realized that you had, for lack of a better word, made it? Meaning that you said, wow, I survived the, the transition from being an employee to being an entrepreneur. And and you knew the best is ahead. Do you remember that moment? And 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 what was it like for you? Do I remember a moment? <clears throat> it was actually several moments over a period of time. Um, I had gotten very involved with the local professional association, and had become the president of the Institute of Certified Financial Planners. And when people started asking me how I did it, I went, "Wait a minute, how does that really happen?" Uh, how, how come they're asking me how I did it? Um, and it was kind of an epiphany that I needed to be uh, open and, um, about what my process was. We weren't competitors. Uh, others, CFPs, Certified Financial Planners, um, investment professionals, we weren't competitors. We worked more as a team. And so when you figure out that they're not and you can share best ideas and best practices, that's kind of what was an epiphany for me. Um, that I, I got into a place that I had something to share. Wow. So it's almost like you had arrived, for lack of a better word, maybe not making a lot of money, but at least found your, got your foot on the ground, but you didn't know it yourself. Not really. <laughs> not really. I, I, one of the 
kind of a funny story is that my dad had also worked at the same company um, and uh, Freightliner. And within five years, I was making more than he was when he was a supervisor there. And so that kind of also was a trigger to say, okay, I'm doing okay. Uh, because I was not only making more money than I was previously, but I was making more money than my dad. Wow. And and he'd been a supervisor there for a long time. So, yeah, that was kind of a, wow, okay, I'm doing okay. Now, I, I don't ever feel like I've arrived, um, but I, I do feel like, you know, I've been blessed. I've been fortunate. And I've, you know, eaten some of my own cooking, if you will, practice what I preach, put my money where my mouth is, all those different um, sayings. And, uh, it, it, the feeling you asked about is, okay, I can, I couldn't just sit back though. You, there's no just sitting back. You you needed to continue to press in. And I think most entrepreneurs feel that way. Wow. So when, when, when we go from, when, when we go into an entrepreneurial journey, there's this kind of romantic idea about what it would like when you look back now, uh, you you are the you know we have this process in BE where we talk about you know discovery, startup, um, uh, break even, profitability, uh, sustainability, scalability, and succession. You know we call it the kingdom business life cycle. You are the succession. You are on that end of the ladder versus early time. So in that journey, Ron, when you think about your the romantic idea you had about what it would mean to be in business, an entrepreneur. How much of that have you accomplished? You know, how much of that has actually happened? We look back at it. Um, has it was it too idealistic, or do you feel like wow, it actually is the way I thought it was going to be? In terms of the good stuff about it. Oh my, no, I don't. If I were to look back and say, you know, did I accomplish what I set out to do? Yes, in a lot of ways, I did. You know, I've been able to help a lot of people over time. Um, at the same time, I feel like it's never been quite enough. It uh, that there is more to do, and that we need to let people know that um, there's just more learning, more more wisdom and stuff to gain. Um, that's a that's just a hard question for me. Did I arrive? No. Did I am am I continuing to strive to to uh, run the race? Yes, I am. Wow. So, what's been the biggest challenge? You know, when you think back at being employed and being an entrepreneur, what would you say? Look back, you said, you know what, man, I really missed this part of it. Whatever that is, staying current, staying relevant, not being on the bleeding edge, but being on the cutting edge. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple of times we missed that. Um, I can remember changing, uh, adding a partner, changing software packages, mm -hmm. changing employees and staff. It almost killed us financially because there really wasn't a cohesive plan for how that was going to all work out. And those kinds of things <clears throat> really, um, you need to be careful of, um, adding too much too fast, growing too fast, um, managing your cash flow. I think is huge uh, in in this process. You talk about sustainability. Um, you can in the good times. You know, you, you wind up buying other things. You know, nicer car, better phones. You know, newer computer, uh, more staff, and you're going. Did I really need to do that? You know, um, fancier copy machines. Uh, some of that is nice to have. But also, sometimes you need to step back and go, okay, have we bloated? You know, have we gotten too many different things going on in terms of expenses? So managing your expenses, keeping track. You talk about sustainability, keeping track of your, uh, are they growing? Are they staying level? Um, you know, are you, Patrice, you and I have talked many, many times. You, you manage to cash flow, yeah, you know, and so um, you don't want to incur debt if you can help it. At the same time, uh, early on in my career, we we did um, get a line of credit finally. I mean, that was kind of one of the things that said, oh, we've arrived. We've got a line of credit. Yeah. And uh, at that time, it was about a quarter of a million dollars. And <clears throat> that did help 
the ebbs and flows of, of income, uh, or at least, you know, cause we knew we got paid every three months and, uh, getting used to that was, took, took, took a challenge. And so being able to, to manage that cash flow was huge. Um, and to take the bumps out, uh, of the rock and rocket time or the, you know, feast and famine, if you will. So just learning the different tools uh, that are out there, I think is one of the answers to that. Well, there's this, you know, it's like this, right? And then yeah. it start going like, and then yeah. you want, once it gets like, oh, that's a fun part, you know, when you still have this, but yeah. I above the line. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. And I know it's not what you asked, but one of the things I, um, through the Nehemiah board, we did that journeys of generosity. And one of the books they talked about was two gentlemen that went to Harvard that and I can't think of the names, but they uh, they talked about how determine when's enough enough for your lifestyle. And then once you've determined how much is enough, then you go into offerings. So you've been tithing all along anyway, but now you get into offerings. So uh, over and above uh, what what your uh, your tithe is, and you've made sure that your lifestyle doesn't continue to creep up and build bigger barns. Wow. Let's talk about that, the generosity element of it. Along the way, you've been very generous uh, to this ministry, to many other individuals and organizations around the nation, around the world. Um, Let's talk about that. So as you went in your journey of, of being an entrepreneur, at a certain point, you became intentional about being generous or being more generous. At a certain point, you recognized that you had abundance. And that really, you know, you, you give your time, talents, and treasure. You were, before you were on the board of Neymar Prize, you were on the board of your local church. You also an elder at your local church, at least one of the key pillars in terms of um, uh, the advisors. Uh, you were also on the board of your old local church. You know, where you and I were together, you were a trustee. You were also a trustee at a local college. So over the years, you've been very generous with your time, talents, and treasure. Let's talk about that. How important has that been to you as an entrepreneur? to be intentional with your generosity and, and, and what kind of impact have you seen with all that? A couple of things that come to mind is number one, we, my partner, Ken and I, um, were intentional about giving back early on. Mm-hmm. Um, we we knew that we were to be thankful for the clients that came our way that allowed us to, uh, the trust to be able to into their lives. I think I know more about, some clients and their doctors do. And uh, we used to talk about that. We're going to, you're going to have to get undressed financially here. And you know, that, that takes a lot um, of trust for people to do that. So as we started looking at giving back uh, early on, um, I can remember back going to Nigeria to put wells in a village. And uh, you know, that was a stretch for me financially. Um, And uh, it was also a stretch um, because I had not ever been to Africa. And uh, what a a great experience to meet brothers and sisters over there that it brings it home. So from my standpoint, generosity takes you into different families. It takes you into different communities. It takes you into different relationships that you can build a stronger stronger world, if you will, by, by touching other people. So I, I don't, I've always felt like we needed to reach out and and to uh, to to help lift uh, all boats, not just my boat. Wow, wow, that's good. Zach Faye just joined us. You know Zach Faye. You you invest in his business. He he's a hot guy. He's great to I see. I love you. I love what he's doing. Yeah, Zach, doing. we got to catch up, Zach. I know it's been a while. Um, so Zach, by the way, is a biblical entrepreneur. He's, uh, got a great business going. We have to have you back on the, Zach, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about you. We better do a series on politics. You know, as you know, uh, Ron, we, um, we about to face the end of America as we know it, because both party has promised that if the other guy wins, America's over. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so November is the end of America. So, so I'm inviting, um, both people on both sides, Christians on both sides. I'm still one of those who believe that are Christians on both sides. There are. <laughs> Christians on both sides. To talk to us, because our concern here is faith, entrepreneurship, and jobs, right? And so I want them to make the case as to why 
And by the way, our international guests, this is just for the Americans, it's gonna be focused on the Americans election. You know, if 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 we do well, then hopefully that that goes well for the world as well. So 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 I want them to make a case. Why should we vote for their person? Why does that person, why will that person help us advance faith, entrepreneurship, and jobs, right? Because that's what we care about. So we'll see what happens. So stay tuned on that because we're gonna help the education process to help our listeners and our viewers that are in the United States to help make a better decision to vote, to vote um, pro jobs, pro faith, and, and pro business. And maybe, maybe okay. Zach, maybe, maybe we'll have you come. Zach and I talk politics all the time. He's a political junk like I am. <laughs> he's, al he's also doing a great job about teaching my grandkids biblical principles. So thank you. That's Zach. right. That's right. So Robert, Robin Gears, Robin, how are you? Robin was with us just yesterday. Robin says, uh, Ron, your heart and faith is beautiful. Just heard you, just heard about how you help with water in Nigeria. Wow. So Ron, along the way, you you not only became a Nehemiah board member, well, first you were a Nehemiah donor, a Nehemiah board member, and then Nehemiah board chair. How has that experience been like for you? Kind of sharing You've been, you kind of led us into where we are now in the last three, four years. It's been like drinking from a fire hose. It just keeps coming. And the new relationships, I mean, talking to Victor Fonning today, talking to Samantha and Poe, Sim and, uh, in Malaysia, Annie Chu in, in Malaysia, to the folks that are, you know, Kinji and, and Frank in Africa and uh, Kenyan, uh, my, my gosh, Mexico, and you know, it just it, it just continues to um, expand um, my my uh, friendships and relationships, and give me kind of a real small glimpse of what it's going to be like in heaven. In order to build uh, relationships here on earth with all races, creeds of people, um, it's been it's been just incredible from that standpoint. Taking it a step further, it's also been a learning curve for me. Um, what do I really have to offer? And, you know, I think that one of the things that we need to remember is that we do have experience. And life experiences count for something. So as you have experience and you move forward, you know, take the, take the wins. Share those with people. Tell them, you know, encourage them. Help them to take the next step in their in their process and in their in their life and and how to leave a legacy. Um, so from my standpoint, that's that's huge about what Nehemiah has brought to me. Um, it's just an expanded universe, if you will. I have um, I, I think of uh, just a, a quick story of a, a time when I went to Mexico City uh, and met with Renee and and uh, Lorena. And uh, just being treated like family, you know, to know that brothers and sisters in Christ accept you and, 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 and come alongside you and not just in time, but also in money, in talent and treasure. Um, Lorena took me and made, was my own personal chauffeur for a while in her little sports car. That was hilarious. I mean, I can't tell you what a bonding experience that really was. <laughs> It, uh, she knows how to drive. I'll put it that way. Mexico City is a challenged place to drive. So it was, it was just fun to, to build um, time together. Um, and that's what we need. Because uh, as we learn, learn to know each other, it breaks down the barriers and the walls. Yeah. And you've also been to uh, Asia with me as well. Correct. In Malaysia. How was that experience like for you? Hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I felt like a little bit that I was thrown into the deep end of the pool there, um, not so much by you, but just by situation, um, to go in and meet the governor of the uh, the province and uh, get way involved in the, the Chinese New Year celebrations and <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> drafted into karaoke with these folks. And uh, the food was amazing. Um, it's not for everybody's palate, but, you know, I had a great time. You just You just got to learn to roll with it. And, uh, and so from my standpoint, being able to share um, our viewpoint with them, I think really opened up some things. Yeah. Yeah. You have an amazing appetite for hot food, Ron. <laughs> you got to have spices, the spice of life. There's no question about it. 
you know, I was thinking to a white boy, I said, man, he goes hot. I mean, I'm, I'm a chicken. You, you, uh, you don't even turn red either. <laughs> Not like some people. I do, I do, I do get a little glisteny, you know, from time to time. <laughs> that was awesome. So Ron, and then along the way, you've also gone through biblical entrepreneurship. So, you know, how was that like? I mean, it, it, you know, your business was already established, you and your succession season, and you go through this biblical entrepreneurship class. How was that experience like for you? You know, I, I think that the, uh, knowing that I have a lot of that foundation already, I really wanted to make sure on two levels. One is that I still believed in the curriculum, um, even though I'd only see it from a high level. And I felt like I really um, couldn't be as um, genuine without having gone through it mm-hmm. in terms of my encouraging other people to come alongside of us. So to me, that, 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 was, that was a key thing. So that was first. That was what got me started. But what really hooked me there was going through identity and destiny and learning, again, putting all the pieces together about who I am, what makes me tick, um, what I'm really looking for uh, for the next chapter. Um, and I kind of put that together there. Um, and then looking to give the tools and knowing that these tools do work. Having the two coaches, uh, Brian and Chris, um, made all the difference in the world. These guys have got a wealth of international experience as well as local uh, experience. Local, I mean in U.S. Um, so it was, uh, from my standpoint, that was a, a real plus. So taking in all that together, you're, you're looking at not just figuring out who you are and, and how to make it work. It also helps you to fine tune and, and to focus in on what's important in, in the thoughts and ideas that you have for uh, a business or as an entrepreneur. And for some people, I think it actually would, would take and, and help them understand, hey, I'm going to be better as an employee. That's right. That's you know? right. Um, and that's fine. I think that that's exactly what we need to have people do so they're not out there floundering in the world. Um, spending money and time and effort that uh, is not productive. Wow. Wow. Well said. You know, first, I appreciate your humility in, in going through and the feedback you gave us and and just you uh, even validated your conviction and belief in the product. Uh, you also are an investor. Uh, you've invested in Zach Fay. You've invested uh, you've, you invested in, in the Jicken Fund. We have some loans out there that is with your investment. Um, you were the early champion for it. You, you said, just do it. You pushed me out of the gate. And so far, I was nervous as heck. Then you just say, Patrice, you're going to get it done. Just go ahead and make it happen. And stop talking about it. And several years later, over $2 million invested in businesses. Um, and we've, by the grace of God, has had, we, we, we had one, one that went bankrupt, but the entrepreneur has committed to repay the the money, so that that capital was not lost. So zero capital loss so far. God willing, knock on woods. You know, yeah. as you know, there's one that's that, that I'm dealing with now. That's uh, right. a bit of a challenge. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, but overall, um, I would say it's been it's been uh, really successful. We had we've had our challenges like all funds like this do. But God, by the grace of God, zero fund loss so far. So how was, you know, Ron, why was that particular program so important to you and even to the point where you've made your own investments? Well, I was doing it ahead of time before the chicken fund or this ever came aboard. I mean, I was investing in people with my own funds, uh, small businesses, a pastor that had a uh, auto detail company, helping him get past some challenges. I've, I've put money into um, uh, a property management firm that that needed uh, the capital to get their act together, um, and they had a good plan and they made it work. And I got paid. I helped other folks uh, do some debt consolidation. They were paying, you know, twenty percent interest, and, and uh, you know, helped them create a, a path to sustainability with a lower cost. Um, and made their business so that it could it could work. So when it came along to not only do it. Um, but but from a faith-based standpoint and looking at people that had number one coaches, number two, um, the training 
And I mean, to me, that, that, that just made all the difference in the world. And one of the reasons I pushed, um, we knew that it wasn't going to be easy at first. We had to figure it out, um, you know, just to, to not run afoul of regulations and on uh, both national and international to figure out how to move money around the world. Um, those all just take our steps that had to be happening. And we've, we've done that. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of pulled that together um, as Nehemiah. And I'm thankful for that because we're seeing we're seeing how it it, it is impacting uh, lives all over the world. I mean, Haiti, uh, Madagascar, Malaysia. I mean, my gosh. I mean, Kenya. Um, where's the transportation company? Kenya. Kenya. Okay. Yeah. Um, you and know, we are about to and we about to put capital into to Kenya as well with the school. Excellent. And the schools, I mean, France, I mean, I, I think of, of, of Pastor Oliko and uh, Noella, you know, over there and what they're trying to do and, and their influence. That's I, I reaching from France to, to Africa. I, I just see this as uh, a thing that's rising up to, to bring um, God's people into a position to really preach the gospel. Wow. And wow. get it across in a way that touches people in the marketplace. Wow. Wow. Amen. Well said. Well said. So so let me the rest of our time, I want to talk about why I had you here. And I wanted to kind of give our, our listeners and guests the kind of backdrop so they can understand that I'm dealing with a man of substance and, and that, that that who's who's uh, who has the who, who has a dog in the fight in the sense that you've uh, you've 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 in the pudding of this stuff. Before I do, though, I do have a question that I forgot to ask you. You know, oftentimes, um, uh, COVID-19, so we all have faced the pandemic. And how has that impacted your business, uh, you know, as has that impacted many businesses around the nation or in the world, actually? You know, actually, we are growing wow. uh, in this time. Um, we are touching our clients more. We have taken time to uh, reach out, even when it's there's not a, another reason to other than just to check on people and because we care. Um, personally, I've been, uh, uh, my wife uh, was uh, tested positive, uh, asymptomatic for about a week, and then she wound up getting sick and is on day 11 right now of recovery. Um, so we're just making sure she gets a lot of rest, a lot of water, um, some meds, but mostly rest and, and, and that kind of thing. So thank God for um, that we had already um, were doing video uh, conferences with, with clients early on. So we, that was where, as not a bleeding edge, but a cutting edge firm, we had taken the time to make sure that we could touch people. And they have all pretty well uh, uh, embraced it. So COVID-19 is also, um, interestingly enough, because people are concerned about the dollars, they're concerned about the volatility in the markets, they're, they're concerned about our economy and how it's being impacted, we're getting a lot more questions and a lot more people coming to, the, uh, to ask us, you know, what's the best way to handle things? What, what should we cons be considering? And from my standpoint, it, it just, it goes back to planning 101, you know, control what you can and pray about the rest. Wow. Wow. I love it. I love it. And, and because of that, we ended up pivoting the MI week to doing it digital. We're supposed to be in Mexico. We ended up doing it online. Mexico. Let's talk about it, uh, Ron. So when we first talk about it, first of all, one thing I appreciate about the board, you and, and the board members, is the fact that you guys are open, very open to new things, new ideas. You know, we don't have a bureaucratic board that are not entrepreneurs themselves. So that's huge. So as I bring ideas from the staff and as we talk through, I feel like the board is able to hold us accountable while at the same time being nimble and being able to write it. Because that's not always easy because boards by nature are very conservative, protective. And, and but this board is, is dynamic, though. You, there is that level of protectiveness, but it's a very dynamic board. So when you first heard about this idea of pivoting the amount week online, what, what kind of went through your mind? How did you, what did you think about it? Fear and trepidation. <laughs> How is this really going to work? 
Um, at the same time, I kept I kept thinking in terms of okay, a lot of people are doing online teaching, online preaching. Um, our own church is done um, every Sunday. They they do a, a live uh, service, and honestly, it is it was working great, and to be able to do the interaction with that. So I thought, okay, this could this could this could work, but I got to be on, honest with you, Patrice. It exceeded all my expectations, every one of them on every level. The the tours, the virtual tours. I think that that ought to be positive. I don't care if we ever do go back live in that area. I think that the virtual tours are a hit um, for for the different businesses to be able to showcase businesses from all over the world. In, an, in, an, in, a, in a great, um, to, to, to be an encouragement uh, for, for what we've seen as opposed to just a few people being able to do the tours for everybody to be able to participate in that. Taking that to the next step, to bringing world-class uh, trainers in. I mean, Mr. Pink, uh, Oz, Oz, you know, Oz Hillman, um, oh my gosh, I mean, just uh, Susan Schramm, uh, Robert Fukui. I mean, he's, uh, yes, they're board members, but they're also, um, in my opinion, superstars in their own space. Yeah. They know what they're talking about. And to bring that kind of expertise for everybody to see um, and for other people to log in, I, I think that that was uh, probably a, uh, an incredible thing that God gave us as a gift that we didn't realize. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, um, for those of you who missed Nehemiah Week, if you did not attend it, um, we do not have Nehemiah Week on demand. And um, it's available, not yet open to the general public. Uh, we'll, we're gonna make it available to you for, for a small fee. But if you were at Nehemiah Week and you missed some sessions or you, um, or you wanna go re refresh, you can go back and I've been reviewing it. Oh my God, Ron, it's just rich even. It is. It's like, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a guy who loves to eat leftovers. My family are not leftovers people. And somehow I think leftovers taste much better than when it when it was fresh. I'm that's that's just me. So it's like eating leftovers. Well, you know, leftovers have a tendency to allow the spices and the richness to really come out after a day or two. You got it. I agree. I mean, that's how I grew up, you know, was mom cooked a bunch of stuff and you had leftovers and they did get better. That's right. That's right. So it looks like the highlight for you was the speakers and the um, and the and the the tour, the the virtual tour. It was. Yeah, yeah. The, the, those were the two highlights. I, I have to say though that it was still. Um, we've done the uh, business plan competitions mm -hmm. as well, and I've been involved on both sides of that in in terms of being a judge and and a, um, and and then also as a. a somebody watching what's going on yeah, watching yeah yeah and uh so from my this was really great to be able to get an international flavor and international judges yeah. um i wasn't really sure how the translation piece was going to work out um but thankfully it did it did um, you know so i uh, although i still feel like i need to learn french <laughs> and how did you like the breakout rooms I did. Um, it was a little confusing at first. Yeah. But um, I liked the fact that we could break out and do some interaction. And that's yeah. very much the some of the conferences I, I've, I've gone to on the professional level have what we used to call under the trees. And that meant you left the conference rooms, you left the, the lecture hall and you went out under the trees and you sat down around a table together and you talked about different topics that were important to you. and it really is, it gets more personal. It gets more um, viable. It gets, it gets more valuable is the word I'm looking for. Valuable to, to be able to have that interaction with different people um, and, and bringing it back home. Uh, one of the things that I looked at is that um, when I go to a conference, I'm usually looking for nuggets to bring back and implement my life and my business. And I got to admit, there were so many from this one that I'm having a tough time prioritizing which to start with yeah wow wow awesome and then you also you had signed up sponsored your daughter-in-law to come in and you kind of told me how she enjoyed it oh man yeah 
she told me that I was probably one of the, I asked the toughest questions of the business folks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, well, if you're going to invest in a company, you want to know how you're going to get paid back. Exactly. That's your job. By the way, the question you asked up to the, this is the investors forum where uh, we do every year and Ron being one of the investors, they get a chance to, um, to, to, to ask questions of the, of the entrepreneurs and, and then decide whether they're going to invest or not. And, Ron asked a question that I've heard many folks repeat. That's been the the, the kind of the, the quotable that kept going post-conference that I'm hearing it. I have folks on the podcast, they bring it up different parts, which is what problem are you solving? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember that question? Yeah. And yeah. That, that made, were you surprised that that simple question uh, has such an effect on people? Yes, I, I am. Um, I'm not even sure that I remember asking the question, <laughs> but it's true. What problem are you solving? Because that's that's how I make a living is I is is solve, helping people solve their problems, and uh, and I'm doing it in a way that's non. Um, you're not condescending to people. You're you're not judging people. You're saying, okay, we have this solution uh, that could be happening, but let's. Maybe it's not the right solution for your problem. So what is what problem are you trying to solve? Because it might mean you need a crescent wrench. It might mean you need a flame wrench, you know, in order to get that nut off that's welded onto a stud or something. I mean, it, probably a bad uh, word picture. But from my standpoint, you've got to know what tool to bring to bear. And yeah. in order to know that, you got to know what problem to solve. What entrepreneurs? I mean, it's all about problem solving. You got to meet a need. Now, Ron, um, what what was it about the conference that impacted your daughter-in-law? I mean, she's maybe she had gone to Nima Banco, but she's really have not been engaged in Nima until now. What was it about the conference that really impacted her? <laughs> she goes, "These are my people." <laughs> uh, that's a quote, you know. Yeah. She goes, "These are my people." I she says, "I cannot tell you how excited I am that um, the structure, the the teaching, the training." She has taken and run with that. Um, she is already, uh, she's, she's been a music teacher for a long time. And so she's taken to um, building a online presence for teaching music uh, uh, called I, I Am, the I Am School of Music. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and she's already enlisted six different um, trainers, teachers that will use her methodology because she's done this successfully for more than a decade. Wow. And, um, and she's already signed up more than 50 students, <laughs> oh, um, you know, nationwide. Um, she was on a podcast uh, this last week from some folks in, in Texas that just absolutely, you know, wanted to be able to promote what she's doing and how she's doing it. So this has launched her. Now she wants to go through the class, but she's trying to figure out when is she going to have time. Wow, look at that. Does she mind? Uh, I'd love to have on the podcast. It kind of oh, I'm sure she would I'm sure she would do that. Let's do it. Right now she's doing a, a well-deserved rest with her her husband and four kids over in uh Sun River, Oregon. Wow, 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 that's awesome. Now, Ron, so we concluded normally we have this banquet, and usually they're very expensive. We we've got to raise, you know, you know. Right. Over- 30, 50,000 just to break even and, you know, and so forth. But we did it virtually zero cost. So how do you think, first of all, now let me say this too. In planning this event, as Paul and I were kind of thinking through it, many of the things that that we thought in our heads, we didn't know how it would come out, how it will be executed. But moved by faith and, and I guess uh, just, just, um, experience from other smaller things, not similar. We, we felt, okay, this could work. So we ran different kinds of scenarios in our head on paper and by the grace of God, it worked. So one of them was how are we going to do the, at first, the event was going to finish on Friday right. in our original plan. And as we were kind of kept going and we were going to do the fundraiser throughout the week. And I'm not sure what, you know how you plan something and then you're, you're doing different things and, Things pop into your head, and then, and then um, I said to Paul, I said, you know, let's do the. Uh, I think we we can do uh, instead of the union, uh, instead of the ministry event, right? So we so we then added Saturday, 
as a state of, of the ministry event. And then, and then we and then we said, let's see how it works out. So we kind of try to figure it out and so forth. But so we end up having in lieu of a banquet instead of ministry event, which was a fundraiser. And thank you to all of you guys. We were able to raise over thirty thousand dollars that day, and and since then we've raised uh, more. We have, by the way, more to raise. If you we have a lot more to go, we have a lot more to go. So if you can help and you want to support, just uh, right now, I think. Uh, uh, but anyway. Uh, you can support, just email our office. We'll get in touch with you and see how you can help us with that. But how do you think that went? Um, you know, from, from a standpoint of the, how can you, how can you not have great people when you got Vanessa and Jason? <laughs> you know, um, they did a, just a great job. I do, I do think that it's uh, a bit tough. Uh, it's not like the same thing of being able to feed some people some food and, and to uh, to have some worship time and stuff. It was um, just a little bit more. I, I I did miss the 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 face to face. Yeah, yeah, um, I did. But at the same time, for what we were facing and how things were going, I think it turned out okay. I think that we need to help people understand more about why we're actually looking to raise more dollars, and to help people understand that the cause that we're we're looking for is to take these dollars, and we're not keeping them here. Right. We're, these are going back out into uh, economic community centers, mm-hmm. uh, the one in Florida, the one in Africa and Kenya, um, and the technology that we're hoping to bring, the technology grant that we're going for, which we were given. That's right. Thank you, thank you, Murdoch Trust, right. that we were given, but we still have some ways to go in order to get all of the dollars. Right. And, and so what's what's happening is taking and being able to get the biblical entrepreneurship marketplace really on fire with the new technology. Now we have some, but we have a lot more to go. And to me, it's it's like lighting the the tail of the rocket ship. We need it to 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 launch us. Uh, and I don't know how else we get that excitement across to help people understand, look, these dollars are going to help our economy in the world. They're going to help brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to bring and lift it and lift this up and bring some more dollars in the door. Amen. Amen. Wow. What, what a great week, Ron. Thank you. I'm going to have, have you back because I think it's important. Well, two, two reasons. One, we're going to start a 100K job series in the next couple of weeks with uh, uh Myself and Susan, as we talk about the importance of creating jobs, particularly in this in this in this season, but more importantly than that, because that's part of our core mission, right? We're looking at this ten-year, hundred uh, k job thing, and so we're going to be talking about that, featuring various job creators and and other organizations that are working towards job creation. So we're going to do that. So as a part of that, we're going to bring you back to kind of help talk about the importance of job creation and other board members. We're going to be doing that series coming up. But the other piece is uh, as we close out the year so that we can talk about and sometimes Q1 talk about what we're looking at from a chairman's point of view, you know, uh, the future. So we'll have Ron back. But Ron, as we close here, thank you so much, first of all, for your support, your leadership and your mentorship of me personally, your coaching and 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 just the fact that you, you know, you do what you do unconditionally purely focus on pleasing him and, and we appreciate Amen. it from the cross uh, you do it sacrificially and we appreciate it ron there are many people watching and listening they're going through the pandemic if they're in america they may also be going through the racial tension or even uh going through um you know the political uncertainty in the air uh and if they're around the world and in the u.s they're going through uh, the economic crisis that has occurred as a result of, of the pandemic. What advice um, would you give them? What would have encouragement? What are your parting words here that they can walk away with as they seek to stay the course in midst of these uncertain times? Well, keep your eyes focused on him, um, the God of all creation. I mean, that's the first and foremost thing. The second thing for me is to reach out. Um, I got introduced to a young man named Charles Kirsch recently doing an urban impact uh, golf event type of program where he's bringing people of all races and colors together to promote relationship, number one, um, God's God's word, number two. I mean, so from my standpoint, reach out. 
uh, get to know other people, you know, and, and make your, your sphere of influence a little larger. And uh, don't be afraid of that. You know, at the same time, you got to be careful. You know, by, by, by that, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the pandemic. Um, treat it seriously. And, but at the same time, don't let it stop you or don't operate in fear. Uh, we do not have a spirit of fear. Um, as I said, my business is growing during this time. Not everybody's is. I know some restaurant owners that are absolutely struggling to make it work. And uh, the encouragement for me is that they're still working at it. They, they are doing what they can to um, evolve and, and, and to, uh, to adapt. And so that's what we got to do. You got to learn that you evolve. In, in my 38 years in business, um, I've had to learn to evolve and adapt over and over and over again. And uh, don't be afraid of that. That's just part of what being an entrepreneur is. Wow. I love it. Evolve and adapt. Don't be afraid. We do not have a spirit of fear. Ron, thank you so much. Great words of encouragement. I think that I receive it and I hope and I know that our listeners, our listeners are educated listeners. They're, they're, they're teachable. I know they receive it as well, whether they are in Africa, Asia, Europe, or anywhere around the world, including the United States. Ron, thank you again. Thank you for your leadership, sir. And thank you for your partnership as well. Thank you for your friendship, Patrice. And you and Gina are just precious people. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our podcast. Um, if you have enjoyed it, don't leave yet because I want to pray for you. But before I pray for you, I do want to uh, give you some instructions. If you enjoy this podcast and you think it can encourage somebody else, would you share it? Uh, share it in your social media. Uh, forward it to friends, uh, family. Uh, let others be encouraged by it. Don't just keep it to yourself. Share it with others. Uh, also, if you want to know more about how we can serve you and connect with you, uh, to help you to, to through coaching, training, or access to capital, or even become a member of our community, uh, visit our website, nehemiahecommunity.com, uh, nehemiahecommunity.com. There you can learn uh, the various training programs that we do have. You can learn about the various coaching opportunities. We have some great coaches that can come alongside and help you. And of course, you can learn how to connect with us and, and have access to capital and become a member of the Nehemiah community and so that together we can transform the world. Having said that, let me pray for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord enable you to steward those talents that are under your care and to steward them in such a way that one day you would hear those wonderful words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Guess what? He'll now make you ruler over much. God bless you. Ron, thanks again. Love you all. Love you too, man. Oh, 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 oh,